Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Well, we're in the book of 1 Peter chapter number 4. We're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to read verses 13 and 14. 1 Peter chapter number 4, verses 1 and 2. And verses 13, 12 and 13. The Bible says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his life in the flesh, in the lust of men, but to the will of God. Verse number 12, the same fourth chapter. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy want to conclude what we've been preaching for the last few weeks. I cannot be like everybody else. You can be seated. I cannot be like everybody else. We've tried at length to talk about holiness, what that looks like and how that translates into the life of people, whether that's in the transformation of life, the surrender of ourselves to the will and the plan of God, whether it translates into how we treat people, how we love people, how we are loved by God, it is safe to say, and I've said this each Sunday I have preached this message, that holiness is the separation and the sanctification of a person's life so that he or she is totally surrendered to God. The goal of holiness is that we live a life that is completely and totally surrendered to God. And it is indeed, my brothers and sisters, a lifelong process. It will take you the rest of your life to live holy. And what you do today doesn't in indicate what you'll do tomorrow. But it will take, it's a journey, it's a journey that each one of us takes and each one of us um, works our way through becoming what God wants us to be. And that's why the Bible says in 1 John, it does not yet appear what we shall be. We don't have any ideal right now. And that's why you don't look at your life when you first start as being the indicator of what you're going to end up. Because you can start the journey, hallelujah, and struggle along the way. If anybody wants to be honest, many of us have struggled in our journey to be holy. Struggle with our attitude. Struggle with our lifestyle. Struggle with our behavior. Struggle with other people in the journey. We've all had those struggles. We've all lived those realities. But thank God for grace and 
Thank God for his mercy and thank God for his sustaining power that even when I felt like giving up. Anybody ever felt like giving up in the race? Even when I felt like giving up, God kept me. God held on to me because it's a lifelong reality. We made this point and we've made it over and over again that holiness impacts everything that you do. It impacts your thoughts, it impacts your words, it impacts your conduct, it impacts your attitude, it impacts your decisions, and yes, it even impacts your responses to life. How the believer responds to life, because everybody here lives life. Everybody here walks in a real world. Everybody here has family. We have friends. We have a job. We have a home to maintain. We have life. And if you're holy, it, it also impacts how you deal with that. Because if we would be honest, it's not always easy dealing with life. It's not always easy just living life. You know, I tell people all the time, you don't need renewal because you're backslid. You need renewal sometimes just from living life. Because life by itself can wear you out. I need an honest witness here. Life by itself, just trying to get through the day, just trying to survive, just trying to hold on can be challenging. And it doesn't have to be that you've sinned or you've come short or you've somehow neglected God, but just living life can be challenging. And if we're going to be holy, we have to learn how to respond even God's way to life. We have to learn how to respond even in the things of God to life. And so I want to just talk about a few things and then we're going to be done. But you know, it's important that we understand that um, being holy impacts that response to life. And it's interesting that although we proclaim that we're different, church people tend to respond to life like everybody else. It's surprising to me that we can proclaim faith and shout and jump and rejoice and do all the things we do in church, but when life hits us in the face, in so many cases, we act just like everybody else. Hallelujah. I, I, I've sometimes seen no difference in the way that we handle tragedy than the way unsaved people handle tragedy. I sometimes don't see a difference in how we handle hardship between someone who never knew Jesus handles hardship. But please understand that we sometimes respond like everybody else. We've all had anger. Come on, be honest with me, somebody. We've all dealt with fear. We've all had depression. Come on, somebody. We've all had despair. We have all had these experiences. But please understand that being a believer does not give you immunity to human experiences. Holy, the Holy Ghost is not a vaccination against life. Holy Ghost is not a vaccination against life. You can be saved and life is still going to catch you. You can be living for God and life still attacks you. You can be serving God and life still confronts you in some way that is negative. And that's why Jesus put it like this in St. John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in, ye, in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I need y'all to get this. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. In this world, some things are not going to go your way. 
in this world, some things are going to take place that are tragic by proportion. But Jesus said, in me, ye shall have peace. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying to you that you're going to live life like everybody else. But if you live your life in Christ, there's a peace that overtakes you in the midst of what should be a disaster. And that's why believers stun people, because they expect us to lose our minds. Because some of you have been through some mind-losing experiences. Oh, God, I wish we had time to testify because even with this small crowd, I'm looking at people that I know some of what you've been through. And it's a miracle that you're sitting in the house of God. Some of you have overcome some things, but it was not you, but it was the Christ that is living inside of you. I need a survivor in the house to just open your mouth and give God the glory. I need a survivor in the house. Oh, my God. Living saved is not immunity from living life, but there's a peace that comes from knowing Jesus. Oh, God. I've had bad news, but I've had Jesus in the midst of the bad news. Oh, I've had hardship, but I've had Jesus in the midst of the hardship. And he gives something called I preached about it this morning. Oh, my God, in morning prayer, that it's a peace. He said, I give peace. I leave peace. And saints, I'm thanking God right now, not for the cessation of trouble. I'm thanking God right now for peace. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. That nothing that I've gone through has taken my peace because my peace comes from God. Doesn't come from circumstances. Comes from God. So how do I respond to life? Because if we don't have immunity, we do have a buffer in the midst of the real life experiences. And that is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Anybody glad just to be saved today? Oh, God. And saints, I'm glad about being saved, not just because it makes me happy. But being saved is keeping me as I go through life. Oh, God. Oh, God. Somebody help me. Being saved is keeping me as I navigate through life. I, I know y'all spending the Christmas message. I'll, I'll get to Christmas in a minute. But, but it's keeping me as I navigate my way through life. Hallelujah. How do we get, because I'm going to be honest, almost everything that could happen to an unbeliever might happen to you directly or indirectly. Now, I know we told folk, we told folk that we're so different and we're so holy and we're so saved that we're protected against events. You're not protected against events. You're protected against the impact of the events. Let me say that again. You're not protected against events, but you are protected against the impact of those events. The same thing that happens to ungodly people might happen to you. The same mishaps that fall on families of all faiths might happen to you. But my faith in God protects me from the impact of what might happen. Oh, God, I'm thanking God for grace and God's been good to me. But I've had some stuff happen that I wish hadn't happened. Come on, somebody. Anybody have some stuff happen you wish hadn't happened? 
wasn't hoping for it, wasn't looking for it, but yet God kept you in the midst of it. Oh God, I, oh God, can I be real? I've dealt with unemployment. Oh God, I've faced eviction. Y'all don't want to be real, but I'll be real. I've had cars repossessed. Oh God, I've had trouble in my homes. My wife and I have had marital difficulties, but God has protected us from the impact that what could have destroyed us did not destroy us. Oh, I know some of us are so saved, we don't want to talk about life, but real life touches everybody. But thank God for the covering of God to keep you from the negative impact. Thank God for it. Thank God for the relationship. Real life gets everybody sometimes. Oh, God. So, oh, God. But let's talk about real life, how we deal with real life. Oh, God. Because even this season, Christmas season, can, for many of us, it's exciting. You're looking forward to your kids opening their gifts. You go to, we, we, we were going to dinners, and I hope you're not doing that this season. I hope you just stay home and use Zoom, all right? Be safe. Don't go around some folk you ain't seen in 12 months don't know what they got because you might not you might give them a gift but you might get corona for, for new years so i need you to be careful but we we have the excitement but for everybody this season is not going to be a good season because some people are looking at empty chairs come on somebody a loved one that was sitting there last year it's not going to be sitting there this year and i don't care how you feel about it it hurts when somebody you love dies. I don't care how saved they were or how saved you are. Looking at that empty chair hurts. And we don't want to talk about that sometimes. We just tell them, well, they with Jesus. Well, but if they're with Jesus, they're not with me. Come on, somebody. And I miss the fact that they're not with me. Why did Jesus have to take them just now? Why am I dealing with the pain of this loss? Why am I? Some people are dealing in this holiday. You're feeling the pains of not of lack. Come on, somebody. Because if you're used to buying and shopping and now the money is funny because unemployment has run out or because the job is on furlough or praise our God and God knows we're waiting on Congress to do something. They don't know when they're going to do anything. And so you're suffering in the midst of this. Somebody texted me earlier this week and said, pray for my son because he hadn't worked for months. And he's facing eviction in January. Real life stories. Real life scenarios. And so how do I get through these experiences? Reflects my relationship. So God gave me three things to share. And I'm going to be done in just a moment. The first thing he said to me was, tell the saints to prepare. Tell the saints to prepare. And Peter uses Christ as the example in 1 Peter and says, Seeing how that Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. Look across the aisle and say, you got to get your head together to get through this. Come on, tell them, you got to get your head together to get through this. Because it's the mind that's going to determine whether you survive or fail in the midst of your hardship. It's your mind, it's your mind. It's your mind. What Satan wants, and please understand, when you lose your job, the devil does not need your job. 
When you lose a loved one, the devil didn't need your loved one. When you have adversity, the devil didn't need that adversity. But what he wants is your mind. And so you got to decide what mind are you going to use. And so what we do, he, Peter says, prepare for suffering. And saints, I have to say this. What we do in the good times prepares us for the difficult times. So while you're dancing over your last victory, get ready for the next battle. I'll say it again. While you're dancing, I mean dance, dance, all you want to dance. But when you stop dancing, get prepared for the next battle. Because as sure as you're celebrating today, there will be a battle tomorrow. And so how we prepare is important. You know, if, if you read the story of Joseph, Pharaoh had a dream. He saw seven fat cows, and then he saw seven lean cows. And Joseph told him, the seven fat cows are seven years of plenty. So while the plenty is going on, save, stock up, put stuff away, because there's going to be seven years of lack. And I'm telling somebody, if you got money flowing in your hands, don't spend all of it. Put some of it in the bank, hide it in the mattress, put it in the coffee jar, because there might be a year of lack. And you want to be prepared. And the same way you prepare with your resources, prepare spiritually. Pray now, because the day may come when you won't be able to pray. But if I, that old folk call it sending up my timber. Come on, somebody. That's what it meant. It meant I'm putting prayer away so that when I hit an affliction and prayer gets knocked out of me, God already heard me. Oh, God, even before I prayed. Hallelujah. Put, put, that, put that word in your heart. And just don't put the word about, hallelujah, him making a way. But put a word in there saying, God holding me in the midst of the struggle. Put that word in your heart. His grace is sufficient for you because his strength is made perfect in weakness. Put that word, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself with a relationship. Oh, God, you know why? Oh, God, Lady Davis and I have made it because we have summered and wintered our relationship. We went through some hellish experiences, and there's some things we've gone through that we may never talk about. You may have to hear about it from Joel and Geneva because we may never talk about it, but yet the reason why we're together is because we went through storm, we went through rain, we have laughed together, cried together, and when things get bad now, we just say we're going to hold on to each other and ride it out. And when you spent time with Jesus, you have laughed with him. You have cried with him. So this time when the storm comes, you say, Jesus, I'm going to just hold on to you and ride it out. I'm going to live it out through you. Understand this. You have to prepare your mind. And you have to understand that everything, listen to me, Everything has a greater purpose, even the inexplicable. Anybody dealt with something and when it happened, you didn't know why it happened? And, and, and you're still trying to figure out, Lord, why did this happen? But that's when you live off the assurance of the scripture. And we know that all things work together for the good. Come on, help me somebody. To them that love God, 
to them that are the called according to his purpose. That means some way, somehow, God's going to use even what I'm dealing with today that is negative. He's going to use it somehow for his glory. So I have to rest in the confidence when I don't know, when my eyes are full of tears, when my mind is full of questions, I have to use my faith and say, God, somehow it's going to work out for my good. Somehow, somehow, somehow. You have to Reject disillusionment. And disillusionment comes to all of us because everybody in here and everybody watching me on Facebook, somehow you believe that it could happen to everybody but me. Not supposed to happen to me. I'm the preacher. I'm the Lord's servant. I'm the one that Never missed a service. I'm faithful. Come on, somebody. I'm a giver. I'm a tither. Hallelujah. I'm living right. I'm living holy. This stuff is not supposed to happen to me. It's supposed to happen to folk that don't live right. But guess what? It can happen even to you. I know y'all didn't come to hear this, but I'm here anyway. And what complicates our grief, what complicates the storm, what complicates the challenges, the dysfunctions, the difficulties, is that disillusionment that this is not supposed to happen to me. Who told you that? Who t- I, I, know, I know that there, there, there's some dime store prophet that said you're not going to have nothing but good days. But they didn't read the Bible. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And you know what? No matter how many ramas you give me, logos, Hallelujah is as powerful as rhema. And Logos says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. Logos says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers out of them all. Logos says you're going to have some trouble and tribulation, but I'll be with you when you walk through the waters. He didn't say if. He says when you walk through the waters, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, the flame will not be kindled. He did not say if. He said when. That means it's going to happen to you. And every day you have without a tragedy ought to be a day you praise God. And every day you have with a tragedy ought to be a day you praise God. Because somehow he's trying to get us ready to face what we have to face. And that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he said, No temptation has taken you but such as is common to man. Oh, God, look at somebody say, everybody goes through something. Oh, hallelujah. Some of us are just better at hiding it. Some of us just don't reveal it. But if we would all tell the truth, everybody is going. In fact, right now, everybody is going through something. Don't let the smile fool you into believing I don't have troubles. Don't let the praise the Lord and how you're doing and God bless you, lead you to believe I don't have struggles. Everybody in this church, everybody watching on Facebook is struggling with something or somebody. No temptation has taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Why didn't you lose your mind, Bishop? Because God is faithful. Why didn't you just cuss him out? Because God is faithful. Why didn't you just go running into traffic? Because God is faithful. Why didn't you take your life when you wanted to die? God is faithful. Why didn't you give up on your children? Because God is faithful. Why didn't you fall apart and check yourself into the sanitarium? Because God is faithful. Because guess what? Everything I go through, God goes through with me. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley, shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. Let me finish this scripture because it's going to bless somebody. No temptation have taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. I need somebody to testify who's been in the midst of some bad stuff. Even in that storm, wasn't God there? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Even in that tragedy, God was there. I remember vividly the night my mother died. And we prayed, we fasted, I laid on my face and asked God to heal her. But yet the day came on June 4th, 2009, where my mother took her last breath. And they revived her long enough for us to get there. And I got to sing to my mother before she went to see Jesus. And while I was in the room, as they were getting ready to come in and tell me that mom was gone, the Holy Ghost fell on me right in the little family waiting room. And I lifted my hands and I started speaking in tongues. And I wasn't doing it to be deep because my heart was breaking because the first woman that ever loved me had gone to see Jesus. But I lifted my hands and I started speaking in tongues. And that was the Lord's way of telling me, your mama's gone, but I'm still here. Oh, hallelujah. I know you're going to miss her, and I miss her even now. I miss her at every holiday. I miss her at every special occasion. I missed her at Joel's graduation, Geneva's graduation. But I'm so grateful that the Lord is still with me because he is what? A faithful God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and thank God for him being faithful. Oh, God, he's never neglected at me. He's never abandoned me. He's never left me alone. But God is faithful and he will not allow me to be tempted above that which I am able. And here's some good news. The fact that you're dealing with it means God has given you grace to handle it. I know it feels unbearable, but trust the sovereignty of God that if he didn't know I could get through it, he would never let it happen. But the fact that he let it happen means he's going to give me the grace to survive. I came to tell somebody, stop thinking about giving up and know that because God has afforded you the opportunity to go through this, he's going to take you all the way through. Somebody lift your hands right now and say, I'm going through it. Oh, hallelujah. I don't like it, but I'm going through it. It bothers me, but I'm going through it. It makes me nervous and it makes me cry. It makes me sad but I'm going through it because the Lord said that he would not tempt me above that which I am able but he will with the temptation also make a way of escape I'm looking around this sanctuary and I see exit doors that if there was a tragedy or a fire or something broke out in here we got a way to get out I came to tell somebody that no matter what you're going through. God has already made a way for you to get out. It's in red. It's bright. God is already making a way so I can praise him right now because in the midst of this storm, my God is already making a way. Don't 
don't you sit here and die. God's made a way for your strength. Don't you sit here and lose your mind. God has made a way for your strength. Come on, clap your hands. Shout hallelujah. Because he's already making a way. He's already opening a door. He's already making provision. He's already made a way. You're going to live. You're going to survive. You're going to hold on because God has already made a way. Clap your hands. Shout hallelujah. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. Understand. Oh God, this point got me. When I was studying and praying this morning, to rejoice now for later. Look at somebody. Tell them rejoice now for later. Oh, hallelujah. Rejoicing is a struggle and is even a discipline. Oh, God, some of us think that the people you see rejoice only rejoice because they've had good times and good seasons. You don't know the story behind my dance. Oh, God, some days I'm dancing while my eyes are stinging with tears. Some days I'm dancing while my heart is overwhelmed. Some days I'm dancing while the enemy is fighting me on every side. If you only dance in good days, you ain't learned how to dance. In fact, you don't know how to dance until hell is raging, but you find yourself blessing God. How can I praise him, Bishop, when hell is raging all around me? I can praise him because the dance is not just for now. It's for later. Now I'm crying. Now I'm suffering. Now I'm pleading for help. But in a little while, the Lord's going to come and see about me. Here's what the word says. That I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Y'all hearing me? There's some glory coming after this. After the tears. After the pain. After the hunger. After the stress. After the trial. There's some glory. In fact, if you check yourself, you can feel the glory building up in your spirit right now. God's about to do something that changes the whole game. God's about to move in such a way that what the enemy thought would be your destruction, God's going to use it for his glory and your victory. Somebody with faith, open your mouth right now. Shout hallelujah. Y'all didn't hear that. Somebody with faith, open your mouth right now. Shout hallelujah. Somebody with faith, open your mouth right now. Shout hallelujah. Oh God. Sometimes, be honest. You got to make yourself free. We sincerely hope that you were Somebody blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336 570 3664. Again, that's 336 570 3664. 
You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552 Burlington, N.C. 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552 Burlington, N.C. 27215. Or email us info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you and until next time, shalom, shalom.